really bust my hump, you know? Aw, oh, Cameron, he didn't ditch us or anything. He's here. Hey, He's for here. all we know, he went back to school. He would Probably not go back to school. Home. Yeah, he'd do it. He'd just no, do it just to make not. me sweat. Cameron, come on. Makes me mad. Ladies and gentlemen, you're such a wonderful crowd. We'd like to play a little tune for you. It's one of my personal favorites. And I'd like to dedicate it to a young man who doesn't think he's seen anything good today. Cameron Fry, this one's for you. I've known him, everything works for him. There's nothing he can't handle. I can't handle anything. School, parents, the future. Ferris can do anything. I don't know what I'm gonna do. College. Yeah, but to do what? What are you interested in? Nothing. Me neither. I'll be the same. You're crazy! And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. All right, guys, it's the two and seven edition of Entitled Town. Uh, Scott, J John is here with Mike on Route One. Scartsy and Dan have the day off. Gentlemen, can you help me out? Where's the road to seven and seven? How about fantasy, man? <laughs> Mike, what do you, what's your impression after losing to the Redskins? Uh, excuse me, the Commanders on Sunday. No. Are okay. you reading Don't Already. Kill Myself books? <laughs> That's what, yeah, that was my line. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> you, you, you stole my thunder. Um, <laughs> Nine and seven, here we come. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I I had to think before I uh, before I logged on here. I'm like, who did they play again last week? I, I, I don't I don't even I don't even, couldn't even remember. I was like, they, they're playing who the the Colts this week? Uh, so I, I I don't know. I'm six thirty a.m. start time on the much. West Coast. Hooey! Yeah, that that'll be fun. I, getting up for that. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know even what to say anymore. Um, you know, Trent Brown's not making the trip. Um, you know, I, I didn't think, I didn't think that, um, I didn't think that the, the, they, the line was all that terrible last week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's, what's the takeaway from it. Um, but the, the tackling uh, as a whole has just gone, I think, you know, and I don't know, it's, it just feels to me like it's a, a, an accumulation 
a cumulative effect of um, you know having an, an offense that is averaging uh, diddly squat and being on the field, on and, the being field all the time. and being undepleted yeah. and yeah and and but so yeah I, I don't know I I just it's just it's everything's broken right now um, and I don't think that means it can't ever be fixed and it can't be fixed next year but I don't know I, that's where I'm at. Almost 25 years, we've had one true year, and this is the year that the the wheels have come off the Blues, the Blues Brothers Mobile. John, I'm stealing this. I don't remember where I read this from a long time ago, but watching a team that can't move the ball and can't score on offense is like driving an underpowered car. It is a miserable experience. You're referring to my Dodge Aries 1981 K car. Uh, That's because it does feel like that sometimes. 75 horsepower, 1.6 liter, sure. Yeah, the alternator turned all the way up so it wouldn't stall out. Yes, those were the days. Um, you know, I, I realized today they're second worst in the league in point differential. Uh, yeah, I know they got blown out twice, but I was surprised they were that low. Um, you know, that that bad, I guess. Only the Giants are worse. The, uh, the They're you know, minus the, 93 on the season. Yeah, the time of possession against Washington was like 38 to 22. Um so to your point, the defense is, I think the defense is actually good, uh, but it's hard to know when they're just getting kind of ground down like that. Um, you know, this week with the the JC Jackson stuff, I haven't paid very, very close attention to it, but it, are there cultural, um, you know, culture issues in the, in the clubhouse or the locker room? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to, again, when, when media has no credibility because they've been, you know, kind of banging this drum for two decades um, I can't believe what they're going to say. So where do I go for legitimate information is probably the is probably my biggest frustration because it's, there's clearly things wrong. I just don't know where to get the answers. You know, there's there's nobody that we see on Twitter, uh, whether it's the Tom Currens or the Callahans or the, you know, Nesson guys or the whatever guys, um, you know, Whoever writes for the Globe, their national writer, I can't remember his name. Well, the back on um, what you're saying, John, I mean, think about how can you take somebody like Curran and Perry seriously when NBC Sports Boston then trots out John Tomasi writing yeah. an article about Bill Belichick referencing Sun Tzu quotes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you can't take any of them seriously, but I would like to know. Like, I would like to know what's going on. I mean, there's some very interesting questions about this team, um, you know, and, and going into next year how many changes with the, the the magnitude of the changes they have to make. Um, but where can we get our information from? I mean, who can you trust at the end of the day? Yeah. And it, the, the, I've been guilty in the past of kind of poo-pooing some stuff and not reading between the lines because my mistrust of the media is there is no trust. Mm-hmm. I have no trust in the media. Mike, do you but, think there's, but, do you think there's anything? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, go no, finish. I, I can. You t- ask me where you're going to ask me, and then I can All right. throw it. So, having said that, Jack Jones, J.C. Jackson, they were they missed curfew last week. Matthew Slater's in his likely in his final season with the team. I think it's him and Andrews are really the the left remaining yeah. vets from the Super Bowl champions. We could. Do you worry about buy-in and, and the reset of the culture because they've they've lost? There's been so much brain drain and loss of. Uh, you know, the guys who were there when they were, when they were good at policing the, uh, the locker room. Sure. Um, I think, I, I don't think bills, I don't think they've lost. It doesn't look to me like they've quit. Um, so from that standpoint, <clears throat> no, I don't, uh, I, I, from, from that standpoint, but 
I do worry about, you know, I, I think the absence of a, of a Slater or an Andrews and an Andrews um, doesn't fill me with, with hope for next year um, with, without them, because I think those are two guys that kind of, um, you know, have that, that currency to be able to, um, to speak the, the way that needs to be, you know, things need to be talked about and to keep, keep everybody in line, but I don't know. So I guess the thing that I'm, you know, going to, to John's point um, about who, who do you trust? So, I was assured that it was um, it was all about Matt Patricia. Well, Matt Patricia averaged five more <laughs> points per game last year. Than, than this so yeah. don't take a fucking victory lap, okay? You know, yeah. you don't get a victory lap. You don't. You just fucking don't. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't look, you know, I thought it looked pretty good early on. I, I thought those those first two games yep. um, before things went to shit, uh, I thought they did okay against uh, Miami, against two good teams, Miami and Philly, and were in those games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I don't see it. And and on the Mac front, um, look, again, I still don't think he's the problem. Um, but you know, at some point, is he the solution? It is there. Just do you need somebody else there? Because I, I think do you, do things have to be too perfect for him? And I, and I don't think that's the case. But at this point, um, you know. How does he perform like that as as a rookie, and then now it's it's looks so bad. And I just think he, you know, it, it feels like it's something between the ears to me. So do things have to be too perfect for him to um uh, to have the kind of success that he needs to have? I I don't know. I I, I just I, I can't place too much on him. But like his feet, I thought his feet were were bad last week, and that yeah, uh, he's I doing fadeaway looked... jumpers when he's throwing instead yeah. of driving into the ball. That's my quarterback coach analysis for the week right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I just, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I just wonder if things are, are too kind of fractured there um, to, to fix. Um, again, I, I'd still, I still think it looks, it looks different when, when things are going well, but I mean, you know, can, can is there someone else that could, could do it? I don't know. And I, so I don't know who, I don't know how to approach the, the position um, going to next year. I, I really don't like, let's see what he does down the stretch here with an undermanned, I think, you know, undermanned, probably going to be an undermanned front and certainly undermanned at the, uh, at the skill positions at this point as well. As I said you know, last me... week, go ahead, John. Oh, I was, go ahead. As you said last week. And then I'll as I said that. last week, um, I'm, you got to give him the rest of the season. I'm increasingly, I have one foot out the door with him. It doesn't mean I'm stealing John's analogy from a conversation we had earlier. I'm not going to hang. I was right about Mac banner from my, uh, <laughs> from my rafters in my garage. They, they made a calculated gamble. They put him in the first round. Hell, the 49ers were tempted to take him third. Um, didn't work out. I think I'm ready to move on while acknowledging the fact that there still is half a season left and maybe uh, we can build on this to steal a phrase. Yeah. But uh, where, where are you yeah, at, John? That, I think you're, that, you're still what, team mom and slightly more positive than I am on it. I, I'm, I'm definitely closer to Mike on Route 1. Uh, still on Mac Island. Still kind of stretching out in my in my condo. Um it's you know you watch him it, the the last couple plays of the of the Washington game are really a great microcosm of how frustrating the season has been the throw to Juju on fourth down Juju reaches behind him makes a really nice catch to extend that drive right and if that ball were incomplete people would point to Mac and say you know inaccurate maybe he rushed it you know whatever and the drive stalls and that's the end of the game Juju makes a nice catch and then, you know, next play through his hands, really good throw. And, you know, it's intercepted and the game's over, not Mac's fault. Um, but, you know, these games, 
the Patriots are just in that sort of mix where these games come down to a couple plays and they aren't making them. The the you know Devonte Parker drop against the Raiders obviously sticks out. You know he makes that catch. The ball was perfect, and they're in field goal position. They they can kick that field goal, send it to overtime. You know they're they're just they're close, but they're not finishing. They're just not quite good enough to win. Well, Bill has said those, for years that the difference between games. a good team and a bad team is making those one or two plays in each game. And they're a bad team. They're not making those plays. I mean, we used to laugh yeah. at teams that made excuses like that, right? Yeah, no, we you said that earlier, and I I don't I don't know that we used to laugh at them. We were just you know the Patriots were just the the on the right side of so many of those games. Other teams would make those mistakes, and now you know our team is making those mistakes, and that to me is the most interesting question. It's a very hard question to answer, and I'm sure there isn't a single media who could get a good answer from Bill Belichick on that. But my guess is that's exactly where his head is. How is it that? You know, he, he probably understands the talent on the team is going to put them in a lot of one score games. Mm-hmm. Why can they not execute in a way that puts them on the right side of those games? It, that's a very good question. This is a very, very narrow view here. I've always liked the statistic. It's adjusted net yeah, net yards per attempt. Max rookie year, he was 6.22. Last year, Patricia, he was 5.36. He's 4.85 this year. That is yeah. Bledsoian. Uh, moving forward. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how they fix it with him. I really don't. It's, it's DeVito Ian, I think. And, uh, oh, man. <laughs> you know, the, the Giants have their own, uh, Jeff Carlson era going on right now. But, you know, it's, I mean, that's who they're down with. I mean, the Giants are terrible and the Patriots have a similar point differential. It's, it's, it, you know, it's not great, Bob. He, you know, and the thing is like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand the regression and it wouldn't be the first time that's ever happened to somebody um, who's, you know, started out great. And then, and then, mm-hmm. but I, I guess, I mean, if you want to give the media say, okay, they're right. I, I don't think the plays Matt Patricia was calling was the problem, but you know, uh, the, from, I guess, probably from, from day one of, of camp last year, whatever happened uh, and, and whatever issues he had with comfort, I think have, have negatively impacted him significantly. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if, if he can get that back and I don't know if he can fix that permanently because you really do kind of need to fix it permanently to be a, a good, consistent winning, winning quarterback. Um, and when, when shit goes, when, when bombs are going off, as the coach says, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's, it's how you, how you react. I, I think he's made enough. He's made a lot, a lot of high leverage, sh- you know, plays and shit situations, but um, also made some turnovers in those situations too. So uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. And one thing on the bill thing, and I, I have this is the hottest take I might I might have um, for the uh, for the year is buckle up, boys. And this this might this might fall under uh, this might fall under. Okay, Breer, why didn't you say it at the time that you were concerned about this? But um, one of the things I and this is and I have zero idea if this is true, but this is a feeling I had back. Um, you know when when it was kind of confirmed that bill and they they were nervous about uh what linda holiday was going to do and i was like and everybody's like doing you know posting the bill gifts of you know he's he's bill's back oh my god the glass is breaking here comes bill and i was like boy i'm kind of nervous like i i wonder like I, like you know it's it's not easy to go through the dissolution of a uh, of a relationship like that I'm like i wonder if that will impact him negatively i have no idea if it, if it did <laughs> if it has 
and now they're, they're everyone's fascinated by a man not man not wearing shirt, which is you know up there with man getting hit in, in groin with football as as far as entertainment goes. <laughs> but like Jesus Christ, like so. I, but I was like, man, I, that that's gonna suck to have that happen in your life at this point in your life. Uh, your your life partner of X number of years now, over a decade, right? So I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, that that made me nervous. So, but I, I just I don't know what's going on. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Um, I think he can fix it. And um, I, I, if he doesn't get a chance to, I'll be, it'll be as disappointing um, an end to something as you could imagine, in in, in my opinion. What was yeah. the movie? The, the movie quotes, everything ends badly. Otherwise it wouldn't end. That's yeah, right. Cocktail. Let, cocktail. Yeah, let's, yes. let's hope that's not the case. So a yeah. uh, devoted, devoted entitled town listener, uh, Jake Duhame tweeted at me earlier this week. And I want to bring this up for discussion with you guys. Here's what I'd like to hear on the next edition of Entitled Town. Thank you, Jake, from I of Eight Health. Uh, what is the argument for keeping the current regime in Foxborough intact without using any reference prior to 2020? Why are we going back to 2006 in any argument about this year's team? And as Scartelli said in our thread, our thread, uh, the only answer he's looking for is is a uh, 20. Excuse me, Scartelli's answer was, "How about 20 years of sustained success?" And uh, the 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 answer, of course, would be. I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, and I Go think, ahead. you know, Michael, Michael Lombardi's pod uh, today, the the GM reshuffle uh, did a really good job kind of answering this. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of play back some of what I liked about it. Uh, first of all, the, the, the real question is if you move on from Bill Belichick, who do you hire? You know, do you have an answer for that, right? Who's going to come in and give you confidence that he's going to do a better job running this operation than Bill Belichick. And that's where it kind of breaks down for me because I retain a tremendous amount of confidence in Bill Belichick. Then the second question is, okay, is Mac Jones the quarterback or, or is he not? Lombardi is of the opinion strongly that Mac Jones is not the guy. I am still not at that point. Okay. So if it's Mac and Belichick next year, do you have confidence that, Bel that Belichick can kind of reconstitute this roster in a way that puts him in a position to, you know, make the playoffs next year. And I, re I retain that confidence because there is nobody out there. I mean, I see people on Twitter talking about like Kellen Moore and I'm like, come on. Oh God, like if, if Kellen Moore, if Kellen Moore is the answer, right? Like, come on. So it, it really is. I don't feel, I don't, it's not really, really very hard to put myself in the sort of headspace of, you know, and oh, by the way, it's like the, the, these, these, you know, and, and that question is coming from an avowed Brady truther, right? Where it's like, you know, he's, he's talking nonstop about Belichick's record without Tom Brady, which is, of course, absurd. But second of all, you go through any list of great coaches, take away their great quarterback, and what do you have, right? The, the only guy who has a really good track record of winning with multiple quarterbacks who weren't great is probably Joe Gibbs. The, the, you know, I think I have, I have put on Twitter before, you know, Paul, uh, Paul Brown never won a playoff game without Otto Graham. Right. And right. a lot of people talk about Paul Brown as, as the greatest of all time. You look at Shula's record with Marino. Uh, five, and it sub, wasn't all five sub hundred foot seasons. Right. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like so it's I said like, before, it, it's Lombardi without star, yeah, Jimmy Johnson yeah. without Aikman, Walsh without Montana. I mean, it's this count. Yeah. Listen, it's a complimentary game. It's a complimentary sport. It's, it ain't that hard. Look, take a take away. Look, I mean, it's a it's a like, but give Jake a little credit. You take away Bill Belichick's twenty best seasons, and he has a losing record. <laughs> eighty and ninety, <laughs> caller eighty and ninety. So, uh, and I think you know, I wonder 
what what's the statute of how, how far back are you allowed to go in in saying you want someone to be here like okay you can't go back only as far as you want to make your argument oh, okay yeah. the, the, the borgias the borgias uh tony dungy's <laughs> record uh i'm gonna arbitrarily <laughs> pick the year that yeah um, between 2006 and 2008 right, right? right. Yeah. that's right yes exactly what it was um so i don't know but i guess my in my question is in in their answer, of course, to all these things would be, oh, okay, you know, uh, Gerard Mayo, uh, Mike Vrabel, sure, yeah. fine, whatever. Uh, maybe they would, maybe they'd come in and maybe, okay, maybe there is an element of they need a different voice in their ear and one of the, in you know, the the thing with you know the Bruins, um, they they Cassidy clearly is a, is a good coach, um, but they also clearly needed to uh, you know have a different uh, voice in their ear and they went out and. You know, they shit the bed in the play in the first round, but they won the president's cup. So, well, it's the Bill Fitch Casey Jones thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But I, I guess the question is, too, at the quarterback position, if you're not coming back with Mac, I have a hard time with Mac. You know, they did it with, they did it with, with Mac. You know, they got to the playoffs with him. But man, it just seems to me like a tall ask to, uh, to bring in another rookie and, and try it again. And it seems like, a lot longer than I personally would want to wait for, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, in a, you know, you're probably two, three years, maybe. Um, so, but then bringing in a, a veteran, you're looking at um, eating up a, you know, 15%, 20%, 30% of whatever your, your cap space might be. So I, I'm not really yeah, sure yeah. What, what to do there. You know, it, it is such a roll of the dice. It is. I mean, you have seen it from Mac in, in, you know, some stretches and, when the pocket has been clean, when the line has been healthy and, and, you know, playing together for a little bit and they got some consistency there, the numbers have been pretty good. He just hasn't had that stretch this year. And, you know, so it's, it's, I, I do, it's a it's a major roll of the dice. I mean, people think, you know, moving on from Mac, is a no brainer and, you know, whatever's behind door number two is going to be better than Mac and better than Belichick. And I'm just not there. Uh, you know, you see teams stay and, you know, perpetually bad, when they make decisions like this and then what makes you think they're going to get the right, you know, what makes you think Bob Kraft is going to pick the right coach? I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in this. And then what makes you think that coach is going to pick the right quarterback? It's, it's easy to not be confident about that. The only other thing I'd say on Belichick though, is it's important to remember every single person who is banging the drum for a new coach wants him out because he makes their life hard. He dunks on them. They are all bad faith arguments. Nobody has any credibility on this whatsoever. It is all personal vendetta, ax grinding BS. And as such, it's kind of easy for me to stick with my man, you know, as opposed to like, now I have to agree with Ben Volan. Like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna, I will, I will be the last guy dying on the Bill Belichick Hill at the expense of agreeing with Bill with Ben Volan. John, to uh, be fair thought. to Kraft, to be fair to Kraft, he's hired two head coaches and they're both going to Canton. Pete Carroll <laughs> and Belichick. It's true. That was a different that whoa, 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 whoa. Myra Kraft <laughs> had something to do with this. Um so that that vi- the the video of of those those two in their uh in the box, that was uh less than ideal. In in <laughs> in, in in the pantheon of of less than ideal things, that was less than ideal. Anyone else hear yakety sacks in their head when they, they show oh, that video? God, yeah, that that was not great. Um, I have two other thoughts on on this, and one is, um, you know, Tyquan Thornton. Let's just, um, you know, we can we can put him in the, the Nikhil Harry. Uh, yeah. My God, what a 
that that second route the second route uh where he didn't get his head around was just a f- fucking abysmal and uh and Made even on the fourth Aaron and Dobson five, looked like Jerry Rice yeah and uh, even on the fourth and five where Mac overshot him look at the top of the of the stem on that route I don't think he was running the right route I I, I was like oh my god he I, I thought I thought he looks fucking terrible but in the in, on the receiver front in the interest of self scouting do we want to say they need a wide receiver one. Is that something you'd be interested in? Can I interest you in a wide receiver one today? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. I mean, look what Miami did for, I mean, Tyree kills probably a one-on-one, not only on the field, but off the field. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. it definitely yeah. helped Tua. Tua's got Waddle. He's got Hill. They, they have a terrific running game. It probably schemed up a lot, but I think it is, you know, as you say, in the interest of self-scouting, do they need the, the proverbial weapons to help out Mac? You know, and, and, yeah. and Douglas, Douglas is just, I mean, he's fucking great. That's like, that's the kind that's the type of speed they need on the field. And he stretches, he's a more, he stretches the field horizontally very well. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Go ahead, John. What you are get, you going to say? You get some Dion branch vibes from uh, yes. Douglas. Yeah. 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 That's, that's for sure. Very similar body type. The, um, yeah, I mean, a good example, too, is A.J. Brown with the Eagles, you know, the the Philly passing attack. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, somewhat limited in his in his passing, but having A.J. Brown out there. Uh, I mean, the the Titans, you know, swapped him for a first round pick who they immediately used on Traylon Burks, who right, is their right. own Nikhil Harry. You know, my Grable uh, can't draft wide receivers caller. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's God, it's such a crapshoot. And that's one of the things that drives me crazy about the people that are, you know, that want to chase Belichick out. It's like. You know, the other it was it Birdie the other day talking about his Bill starter jacket and how nobody cheered for the Patriots uh, throughout most of his oh, three year childhood. I could do a tight it's, five you know, on that. I really could. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's but, you know, the, the only thing I'll say about that, nothing to his point, which had zero credibility and, and zero accuracy. But those of us who do remember that three year stretch when they were pretty bad, it's we are not far from that with a bad coach and a bad quarterback. Like we have lived truly a bad experience. And this is not that I still, you know, I, and that's probably a big part of my fear. Do I really think it can get better? And I, I don't know. I mean, I really think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach I will ever see in my lifetime for the Patriots. So to move on from him is, is, you know, it's not something I'm relishing. All right. So we, we had a discussion a little bit earlier about who's operating good faith there. So let's operate in good faith. Let's have a good faith discussion is, Partisans of the team, honks, bobos, footy pajama wearers. And this is from, uh, again, we're cribbing from the, the GM shuffle today. Um, ask the simple question, can Bill Belichick usher this organization into its next chapter? And they throw the caveat with a new quarterback. And I'll throw it to you, Mike. Can 72-year-old Bill Belichick, does he does he want to do this? Is, is he equipped to do this as a 72-year-old man? Um. I guess my, my first answer would be, I don't particularly care if he can or not. Um, and I don't think I w- and I don't want him gone. Um, I have, Nor do first I. off, what kind of ungrateful person would I be for a, per- a man who has brought me, you know, yep. more joy than, than anyone um, as a sports fan um, who has brought me more good memories with friends and family than anyone. Uh, how ungrateful would I be? Just because I want to see, you know, some fucking, you know, slapdick fourth, you know, go for it on fourth down. Yeah. Um, uh, spreadsheet up his ass guy standing on the sidelines. Like, how, how ungrateful would I be 
to to want want Bill Belichick to not coach as long as he wants to. So that's kind of where where I'm at, and I, I and I have a an affinity for um for for the broken things anyway, and I kind of like seeing guys. I you know I liked I didn't like it, but. I still enjoyed watching Pedro after after the shoulder was gone. I still like Bird on you know getting by with the uh, the Eddie Harris uh, junk. Um, so I enjoyed that kind of thing. I, I I like I like seeing people in their twilight that still have that bit of greatness. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he can't. Uh, I don't think. I don't think that means he's not great. Um, and you know he's a he's you know I don't think he's he can uh, he's probably having trouble you know logging into his his Hulu. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, and maybe he is, maybe he's fucking done. I, I still think I still like John. I have, I have faith in him. I just, I do. Um, because I don't think he, I think he has kept himself, um, kept himself. He's, he showed his ability to evolve, um, continuously throughout his 50 years, um, in, in the league. So yeah, I still have faith. With the daylight savings time change, you think he's adjusted the clock in his Volvo yet? <laughs> oh, he's probably maybe a seasonal seasonal affective disorder. Maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> get him a lamp to get cure those the big lamps. sads. Get a lamp. Get the big sads. <laughs> by the way, we would be ungrateful bastards if we rooted for Belichick's device. By the way, fuck Tom Brady again as well. John, where are you at? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I'm right there. Row of chairs. Row of chairs. Uh, yeah. I want, I want, I want Bill Belichick to be able to call his shot when he leaves. If, if he if he looks at this team and he looks at maybe the way the league has changed, right? The, the practice rules have changed in a way that makes it harder for a guy like him to instill the discipline and the culture and the, and the, and the tackling and the things that, that mattered to him as an old football guy. And the game has moved toward the spreadsheet up the ass, as Mike on route one said, Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson. The, the league wants that guy, right? And Bill Belichick sees it and is like, you know what? I didn't leave the league. The league left me. Um, I can, you know, again, he deserves the ability to call his shot on his way Amen. out. Do I think as a competitor, he looks at this season as a lost season. You know, they're going to keep fighting. He's going to keep developing. He's going to, you know, these guys got to put stuff on tape and he's going to go into next year for one last ride. I think he deserves that too. So I would I'm kind of, you know, in that sort of mind space for Bob Kraft to force him out, I think would be reprehensible. And and I think your point, Mike, on Route 1 about how much joy, you know, he has brought Patriots fans uh, and the way he has coached and run this team as a model, the model and for all of professional sports, in my opinion, uh, it's a huge loss. And the people have already kind of moved on and forgotten about that or ungrateful for that. Man, I just can't. They They deserve their rod rust mark wilson decade of miserableness as birdie said the other um, thing too uh, I remember to, that. That, to that point um you know the seeing the reaction of, of the raiders to mcdaniels and thinking about you know i think bill can bill still has the credibility to coach that way and i don't think mcdaniels went out there and tried to to copy bill you know um maybe to the extent he might have in denver but he he's the same as bill from the standpoint of it seemed based on what I've, I've read in that they hated the constant correction. Mm. Do it, run if you it right. Think back to the Huddle up and run it again. I can't take it. Huddle up and run it again. So I, I, I do think, I do think maybe that, that approach to coaching, you know, the guys who can still do that are, are, are Popovich and he, and he's not even a hard ass like Bill. So that's bad. Not, not a bad, not a very good. Sa- Saban. Um, 
Saban. Yeah, yeah. It, there is a um it is it is it is a dying a dying thing. Um and they they have to and, and and he's not and and he was just, it's a constant the constant harping is seems to be what, you know, from what I've read got to them. Um that that and and just the the, the pursuit of perfection on every single mm-hmm. play. So I, I think yeah, so I I think Bill can still do that, but you know, a Josh McDaniels doesn't seem like that's a a going to work for for modern athletes. It happened in the year 2000 when Belichick was hired. There was some of the veterans in that 2000 team yep. were, were griping about it. I remember Ty Law kind of grousing to the media uh, using the uh, the Bobby Greer Memorial backstairs to, to plant <laughs> seeds to Kevin Mannix and the touchdown twins, Kevin Mannix and Rod Hobson and, and their ilk. And, you know, winning winning does build credibility. And the fact that McDaniels yeah. hasn't made it two years, I don't know if it's more of a commentary on McDaniel than it is on the what, the system. Mike, you made the point when we started talking about the NBA a couple of weeks ago, product's never been better. I would argue in the NFL, the product is borderline unwatchable. It's not a good product. It's bad. And I think the, um, you know, the, the, the reviews, I, I'm, I'm very much pro review, but the standard I think for New York to overturn is horrible. Yeah. Who, what was, what was yeah. the drop? What was the drop? Was it, was that the Douglas catch? Douglas. Yeah. It was Douglas. Yeah. So, okay. Do I think, that beneath his body, when we saw the ball coming out, do I think that his hands got um, under the ball there and it, it didn't hit the ground? No, I think it hit the ground. But there was, I did not see, I saw it coming out, but I didn't see what happened. It was like a dark shadow under there. I didn't see what happened. There was no clear and visual right. and obvious evidence to overturn that. So I, I, I think the officiating is is really fucking killing it right now. And it's, and I actually, you know, I, I didn't think they lost that one. I, I lost that game. Uh, because of the officiating, I'm happy to blame it when they do. But there were some big fucking plays. The fucking the the Wilson um, neutral zone. I didn't think he was in the neutral zone. I what the oh, fuck? Yep. It, yep. it just it, it's really it's really bad. It's struggling, and I think injuries. I, I I just the injuries. The way I think players are managed. Um, it just it seems like it's really fucking. It doesn't look great right now. And there's a lot of bad matchups. And I I can watch anything, but there's a lot of bad matchups. This expedited review process makes me feel greasy in a way like what happened in 52 when Corey Clement caught the touchdown cast and bobbled yeah. it and his foot was out of bounds. I mean, ooh, it's it it really has a um a Donahue-esque feel to it a little bit. Of course, I I I'll believe anything's rigged after after watching 52 in the NFL for Christ's sake. Yeah, it, to to your point, Mike on Route One on the neutral zone infraction. Um, and I felt the same way about the uh the the David Andrews you know, the, the changing the spot, you know, it's, I I think, I think thinking back to that pod, I think we might've maybe disagreed a little bit on that, but I felt like it was, it's, it is hard to get that sort of spot exact on review. So it has to be pretty substantial evidence. And I, I agree with your point, the, what constitutes overturning seems to have gotten, um, a lot softer and, and inconsistent. Uh, in in the last couple of years and i'm not yeah, sure why that is very inconsistent right like the um the we went we talked about a lot about the henry play in in minnesota on thanksgiving yeah um, what, yes. what constitutes the overturn you know yeah yeah that was a good one too yeah they've, they it, it's like it's funny because whether you know other fans of other teams would probably look at the patriots and they only remember the good bounces the pats got right they don't remember any of the bad bounces patriots certainly got bad bounces in the brady era but oh, like the many. good bounces, oh, so many, right, right, and and the and the good Champ bounces, Bailey. you know, 
Right. I, I know I can, that's one I go to too, but you know, the, the good bounces are memorable because they happened in big games that led to Super Bowls, Right. And it's like, it just feels like they're not getting really any bounces right now. It just, it's a little bit of a snake bit thing. And, you know, you make your own bad luck and um, injuries. And it just, it just seems like one of those years where something good can come out of this season. I still think, but man, we haven't seen it yet. Other than well, being the Bills, which was nice, setting their season the, into a into a tailspin. No, I mean Hugh Millen had a couple of comebacks in the '91 season as well. He did. He did. That's that. Uh, they, they played. They played well. Early. Well, Greg okay, McMurtry, look, so, Brockton's own John Brock, against Brockton's own. against against the Oilers. Yes, Brockton's greatest athlete outside of Rocky Marciano and Steve Balboni. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's right. <laughs> the uh, yeah the. Um, it, it, that that Hugh Millen team it's funny you say that because it's like we were so like enthusiastic for Houdini and some of those wins <laughs> our, our good it's buddy like, smiling Joe Steve he's he's tweeting me this week about he will accept no Hugh Millen slander Steve he had nine <laughs> touchdowns and 18 interceptions and we were giddy over it and we love him the future. <laughs> if only if only we had him when he was a little bit younger with the Rams <laughs> so what up what up Listen, they're going to Germany this this week, Mike. Every there's, I mean, there is a litany of reasons why they should quit. Um, I think we will have a measure of who are going to be the uh, the smoky hallway guys. Uh, I want to see them play hard, and they'll be able to separate the wheat from the chaff this weekend. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm betting them. I don't even know what the line is yet, but I'm betting one and a half. <laughs> You're getting really one and a half. half. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you. I'll see the money line. Sweet. All right, so from the guys who gave you over 54 wins, uh, Celtics are 5-2. and two. They lost a really frustrating game on uh, Wednesday night in Philadelphia. By the way, talking about replay, Embiid's foot, I could see Embiid's foot was on the line on television and four and a half mm. seconds left. They should have had the ball. But um, is it, it, Mike, is it looking the way that you, how are you feeling about how the teams look through seven games? Um, great, but... Um... The but is, I think they need. Um, Horford looks, it's uh, it's not great. Um, I you know, and I, I don't know if it's he needs to knock some of the rust off. Um, at this point, but it, it um, yeah, they need they're gonna need something else. Um, uh, they're gonna need, I think they need two bench guys, two good veteran bench guys, um, to sustain the you know, maybe they don't, they don't get those until the buyout market, but. Um, you know, the, the Porzingis is, uh, you know, I thought he looked really good last year. He was great last year. He was great. Um, but there was still a little bit of the, I think, residual knee stuff. He's just so springy this year. Uh, it's, it's fucking awesome to watch in a holiday, of course. So, um, yeah. And I think, you know, and then they had, they had white, um, out for uh, Minnesota and, um, for Minnesota anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm still, I'm all, I'm all in. I think they're, they're just totally fun to watch. Um, Jalen is incredibly frustrating at times still. Um, very, very God. Like, you know, I, it does feel like he's singing from his own hymnal at times. Um, <laughs> I, you know, they, they need him. Um, but man, there's some, there's some frustrating things. He, his spin dribble turnover when he tried to go through three Philly guys in the middle yeah. of the court. And w- once he goes to his left hand, they attack like piranha. Yeah. Defenders yep. attack. Yep, it does. It really is. Yeah. John, the Celtics, your early impressions. 
I haven't been able to catch nearly enough to uh, to provide much of an impression, but I have enjoyed um, clicking away from the in-season tournament uh, with the ugliest courts I've ever seen. And I still don't understand the point of this. You tried to explain it to me uh, outside of this weird sort of money grab. I have no idea what's going on and why they're doing this. Maybe they're built into something. I'd love your thoughts on it, your theory. It, it's a money grab. I get it. They're trying to make, they're trying to drive up interest early in the season. I make it more like European soccer. I don't get it. It's probably not for our demographic anyway. The courts are in the front. I turned on the the Miami game in Miami in the first, and I thought my TV was broken with the red <laughs> cord. It was just, it was absolutely putrid. <laughs> And it was like think the Kenny Rogers it, Roasters. Is there a Kenny <laughs> Rogers Roasters going in across the street? Exactly. <laughs> and to, to paraphrase, uh, to paraphrase Eugene Levy in uh, Vacation, if if you think you thought you hated that court, wait to see the Celtics one on Friday oh. night. Oh, oh. What, what an abomination! Take away the fucking, they take away the iconic parquet for the. Just wait till you see oh. the abomination. It's terrible. By I'm the way, there's been a, there's been a lot of stuff. Uh, Bill Simmons pisses his uh, his. Uh, his shoes over Joe Missoula and his use of timeouts. But I think Joe Missoula is all of us, uh, all the listeners and hosts of Entitled Town. The number is fairly equal, as we all know. This is Joe <laughs> Missoula talking to Gary Washburn after the Celtics lost to the Sixers in Philadelphia. I think you, um, you, I was just finished reading a great article that you wrote in 2016 that the Celtics shot too many threes and they shot 42. And that was seven years ago. And they only shot five more tonight. And they lost 121 to 114, and you blame. Gary Washburn is an underrated shitbird. Keeping the fine globe tradition. Uh, There's nothing that has made me angry throughout my basketball life more than old men telling people to stop shooting threes. Professional, especially now in 2023, like, that's the game, man. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. It's, it's, that's, that's how it works. Um. You know, there, there are bad threes, but I don't think you go in losing it. I don't think you lose, like to his point, I don't, I don't think you lose games because you shoot too many threes. I mean, look, there are times when you need to be more aggressive and all those caveats, but uh, it's just such it's a, it's a reductive argument that I, I have little use for. Fair yeah, enough. I, th- um, I, th- I, I did see, I thought that was an interesting point. The um, other night, LeBron uh, against the Heat, you know, drives toward the basket for a chance to win it, kicks it baseline to his left. Uh, to Cam Reddish, wide open three, misses it, right? Buzzer, game over, heat win. And, you know, I think there's a good conversation to be had about did LeBron do the right thing? I mean, he drew a double, maybe a triple team, kicked it to the open guy. A baseline three is a great shot in today's NBA. A wide open baseline three is about as good a shot as you can have. The question is, do you kick it to the right, you know, is Cam Reddish the right guy? He's shooting like 15% from the three or something. So, you know, I think that, that's the frustration, uh, not articulated well by Gary Washburn in that case. But some some of these guys shouldn't be shooting them. Some of them should. Every time they're open, they should shoot it. Coaches will pull them if they turn down an open three, as they should, because they're in there to shoot it. And everybody's better when you space the floor like that with your with your good shooters. But too many guys think they can shoot it. And I think as a as a more of a casual NBA fan, that's probably where I would I would see some legitimate uh, criticism. Fair enough. Where do you, do you think, Mike? Where do you, where do you think Doris Burke and her big basketball brain stands on this? You had maybe my favorite tweet of the year when the uh, uh, the the all broadcast 
if you will. <laughs> Doris Burke never <laughs> shuts up. She makes Tar- Charles Davis sound like a deaf mute. Oh my god, she's unbelievable. Oh yeah, I, you gotta go to the gotta go to the hoop. Take these, <laughs> then you run these tickets to the hoop. Oh, poor Doris, she sucks though. I, and it's funny now too. Like years ago, if you search like Doris Burke when the game was on. It would be like yes, queen, and all that. There's so many people that hate her now. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of, I kind of take a little joy in that. We were talking I, in our, I know, Craig John. No, I was, I was just gonna say I, I've noticed that too. It, the, the yes, queen has kind of faded away. Fair enough. We were talking. Uh, we were the watching the uh, the Warriors and the and the Nuggets last night, Mike. And you want uh, Jokic is incredible. They they call Porzingis a unicorn. He's not the unicorn. Jokic is the fucking unicorn. What a player. It, it's unbelievable. And and this is the question I had for you guys. You have the second pick. So drafting every player in NBA history, you have, you know, Jordan goes one. Who are you taking at two? Uh, what are we trying to do here? Build a build, build a franchise build a or win a build, series? Build a, fr- build, build a franchise. You're building a franchise. Man. Uh, Not going to really make have to say LeBron James. You're I know. Do I really LeBron have to James. say LeBron James? I mean, I think it's it's a reasonable reasonable pick especially knowing if do i know his longevity or am i going with straight out of high school uh well let's just say you you, you we're, we're drafting them we're drafting them at the beginning of their peak yeah yeah man I, I as much as i hate to say it i gotta i gotta tip my hat to lebron what he's still able to do at his age and the way he's taking care of himself i got a tremendous amount of respect for that well let me let me throw this back at you mike let's 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 embrace the full old bastardness of this conversation yeah. Let's say Bird and Magic come out in the same draft. Yep. Who goes one? Oh, well, like back then. Well, who who would you take now? Let me. Who would, who would you I take? Oh, Bird Larry. Uh, Bird, yeah, I, I I take Bird. Flip a I coin. Bird. Well, no, 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 no. I think I think Larry for sure. Birds, you, know, you, birds. You, you take 24 year old bird over 19 year old magic mm-hmm. no no yep. you can't do that no now yep. you can't yeah and, and obviously <laughs> we have the benefit of, of of health well health one kind of health uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah no I, I think bird birds very his his narrow peak um you know i think 83 84 to you know to 87 um even into 88 some is a little bit higher than magic's um best i think i think um but but my overall point here is i take Jokic second over over lebron he's the second right. best player i've ever seen and well even if lebron's peak peak is 10 percent better than Jokic's now um my team is still not my team probably isn't blown up in, in four years because of you yeah. know <laughs> it, 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 yeah so he's the second best player i've ever seen and that's uh, he's fucking unbelievable he's he's just so good and I know it's he's bird at seven three. He's 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 fucking so good, and everything he just make, yeah, he, you know. And, and I have I had such I have such respect I had such respect for Duncan and, and Garnett. I was a huge Duncan and Garnett honk um, because of what they did defensively, um, and team as team defenders. And Jokic does that, and he's you know the best passer in the fucking league. He's unbelievable, and I he's he's second best player I've ever seen, and I. Maybe I'm I'm a prisoner of the moment, but I just think the league is so good now, and the what he can do every single night consistently, it's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, I got I got tremendous respect for Jokic. I'll tell you though why I would take Bird over Magic hands down is because I think Bird's game today, uh, and Magic's limited shooting ability, especially early in his career, 
I think would limit magic in a way that he wasn't limited back then. And bird would be that much better with his range and his size, his ability to get his shot off. I, I think he, and you know, he was much more athletic than people seem to realize uh, when you listen to the younger people on Twitter talking about him. So I think his game would be beautiful in today's NBA. Agreed. I will say the one thing that I have a ton of respect of our magic for magic flat out blew the 84 finals. I could, I could do a tight 10 on yes. magic blowing the 84 finals, missing the two free throws, at the end of game four, countless turnovers. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd love this. I mean, can you imagine bird a healthy bird in today's game? Dear God, it would be, it would yeah. be like watching a six foot nine Jokic. But you know, point for magic, what he did in the 80 finals was pretty remarkable. Uh, and if, in in today's positionless basketball, like it wouldn't it wouldn't take a brain surgeon coach to realize what Magic could do. I just think his his limited shooting uh, would play a little bit worse today than it did back then. He's he's right. he would be uh, yeah Ben Simmons. He's, he's is he Ben Simmons? Well, that's <laughs> not know, a honestly, mentally broken Ben Simmons. Yeah, that that's that's that is rough, right? That's a rough comp. By the way, my my comp for Jokic, I would love to have seen what Sabonis could have done in his prime. And, you know, and, and, and yeah. he was, he was unbelievable as an old man. Yeah. He was what great. Would, what would he have looked 31 like? 31 and broken and, and his foot was a disaster and he was fucking unbelievable. He was moving he, in he, slow he motion. Was he was actually, so that's good. That's a good, uh, that's a good comp for Jokic. Actually, he could shoot, he could shoot from long yeah. distance. He, Walton-esque yeah. in the passing. It's uh God, we're really in the way back machine tonight. The thing, right the in thing our with Bird too, the thing with Larry too, is his ability to improve different aspects of his game. And, you know, they didn't quite understand the value of the three pointer, but you remember, I remember, you know, he was like, yeah, they shoot 20%, 24% on low volume. And then he like started shooting more of them and he was up to like, you could tell he worked on it and he'd be shooting. He shot like 43%, 44% from three is just on a higher volume. So like, he would just like get it working at it. He's fucking incredible. He's a great, he was the first guy to use the three as a psychological hammer to kind of slip the throat of the opposing team. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get Great into basketball. the e- let's get into the emails. Uh, that the, the NBA pr- production of the portion of the program is always a highlight for me. Uh, Scartsy from Mortgage Free Western Mass wants to know how much of the Herald Sports Department budget was blown on flying Andrew Callahan to, or presumably back from Germany. John, you're the venture uh, capitalist specialist. Uh, what, uh, what do you think? Thoughts and prayers to Gabby Starr, who's going to be living out of her car for the uh, winter meetings. <laughs> fair enough um vinny sent in a question That's i thought you were gonna say you... something else sean that wouldn't have been that uh, i'm not going <laughs> keep it, do, keep the it math, do the math of the subject we we're talking about and let, let's just let it keep it clean team mom yes. style here <laughs> right. there we go all right we're going to start to wrap up the post commanders edition of entitled time and uh, john the floor is yours for our final thought you know, just real quick, as we were talking about the the Mac and Belichick stuff, you know, it, the what's behind door number two for Patriots head coach? You know, nobody can really answer that with any authority. It's the same on the quarterback side. And then if you look at the draft and you look at the draft order and let's say the Patriots play out the string and they stay where they're at right now, which is the fifth pick. Don't look at that draft. You know, you're not going to get Caleb Williams who's, and Drake May, who are probably the two surest things at quarterback. Best case, if you're at five, you're getting the third, maybe the fourth quarterback off the board, right? Maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. goes, you know, uh, somewhere in there. 
and then you're looking at the third or fourth best quarterback, the competition for who that third or fourth quarterback is, there's about eight names bouncing around, depending on the mock draft, depending on your, you know, your particular taste. So when you see that sort of situation, that means it's not a sure thing. That means there's a lot of questions about a lot of these guys. So the idea that somebody's going to come in, you know, Patriots, you know, continue to lose. Everybody's excited about the post-Mac era. How could it be worse? Oh, it can be worse. Uh, you know, as, as a team that's had the luxury of not having to worry about the quarterback position, uh, basically for, you know, anybody who's a senior in college can't remember the last time the Patriots were worried about the quarterback position. It's, you know, it is, it is rough and tumble in that evaluation. And it's just all the more reason why I would love to see, I think any Patriots fan really should want to see Mac get this thing turned around, play at a higher level and let the Patriots make an informed decision and fix other parts of the roster rather than worried about quarterback. But I recognize I am uh, on Mac Island here, um, you know, throwing messages into bottles, hoping that that comes true. Well, to your point, we mentioned it earlier. They're going to have a, presumably a top 10 pick and a hundred million dollars in salary mm-hmm. cap room. So, I mean, there is an argument to be made to taking a tackle or moving that pick for, for more picks to get, to fill out the holes on the roster. I think that's a completely yeah. uh, reasonable thing uh, to believe in. How many times have you seen teams reach for quarterbacks? Uh, Trubisky, Blake Bortles, who is the, the guy from USC that went to the Cardinals? Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, I mean, that's UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then what did Mahomes go? 10th? I mean, that's so right, he went 10th. That, that, yep. that's, the, that's the exception that just proves the rule there. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, uh, the, at five, at five, if you don't go quarterback, you probably get the best offensive lineman in the draft, which, in my opinion, up. is really what they need. Sign me up. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode in Title Town. John is at that John Irons. Mike on Route One is at In This Town One. My name is Mike Irons. Thanks for listening again. And once again, remember to turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. You got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.